Super Movie Ball. This is Mac. And I'm coming at you on a really tired, weary Monday evening. Just constantly going all day long, and I'm feeling it today. But I'm feeling really good because I got my good buddy. We go way back like a track with me. He's from Cinema Slop. And no, it's not John. It's his better half. I got Jason with me. Jason. Buddy, let let the people of Super Movie Ball hear you and, and feel your presence and witness your aura. You know, I wouldn't call it his better half. I'd call it his smelly half. But that's just <laughs> my opinion. That's a more accurate statement. I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with that. How you doing, man? How you doing this fine Monday evening? I don't know if it's cold where you're at. It's it's getting pretty cold here. It is cold where here. I'm at. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's getting pretty bad. All of a sudden, it's just like winter. There's no more fall or anything like that. Well, that's but, how the Midwest goes. Yeah, I know. I know. But you know what? I'm feeling a lot better because we're going to be talking about this awesome, awesome, awesome miniseries. They don't use that phrase anymore. That bothers me. Does that bother you at all? Yeah. You I, know, it's my, the old man in me is like, what happened to good old minis? Because I love miniseries. They're, they're called limited engagements or something like that. or Yeah. Or something dumb. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that it bothers me that they're not called miniseries, but series in general have been overblown, so let's just figure out a new name for everything. New name for everything. So what would you call it? You got any solutions there? Uh, small movie. I don't know. <laughs> small movie. 
or longer movie, I guess, in, in this case. How about a minor motion picture? Minor motion picture. I like it. Instead of a major motion picture. Yeah. It's, it's, like on, they the, used uh, to say. it's on the black screen instead of the silver screen. <laughs> there you go. And nothing wrong with that. Not a bad thing. But if you couldn't tell by the title, we're talking about 1990s TV miniseries made for television. And I have to emphasize that because a lot of people think that this is a uh, an actual movie that got released in the theaters. Maybe in Europe this was released as a movie uh, or, or overseas somewhere. But in the United States this was on tell this is like a regular tv and they used to have these things called made for tv movies that were essentially movies on a tv budget and for the most part they're not very good but there are some exceptions there's some exceptions to that rule yeah i mean lifetime still does that sort of stuff so (laughs) we're gonna talk about lifetime you've tainted the good name of this podcast by bringing up lifetime the good name yeah we'll go with that But, okay, so this is it. So, if you didn't know, if you listened to Cinema Slop and Super Movie Baller for that Venn diagram of podcasts, you would know that we just did It from last year. And, or the first part of it, the first chapter of, of It from last year. And we talked about that movie. So, now we're talking about the miniseries on this show. So, and if you're not a listener of Cinema Slop, you can go check that movie out. Uh, do you want to do general thoughts or do you just want to run through this? Like, we don't have to do it like, we're not going to do like a walkthrough on the plot because everybody knows it. Scary Clown, who's like a space entity, cosmic entity, comes down to Derry and terrifies and terrorizes everybody because so they can eat his their souls or some crap. Everybody gets the plot. That's everybody understands the plot, David. Yeah, I mean, unless you're brand new to it and you just saw it in the 2017 version, you're not going to know what we're talking about because this is a wholly different movie the subplot basically is the the 2017 version we're going to be talking about the overall plot which apparently is going to be chapter two so yeah let's just dive right in there's let's dive right in let me do the spoiler the bumpers for the spoilers real quick we'll pause for just one second get right into it so spew do your thing for the spoilers warning warning spoiler dealer I am Spoiler Protection Edict Widget, or Spew for short. You have been warned about the delicious spoilers coming your way, so bask in spoiler country you have gloomously wandered into. Baby, 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 baby. Awesome, thanks for taking care of those nasty spoilers, buddy. Yeah, let's get into this two feet first. But uh, I have one question before we get into it. Have you seen this before? And did you watch it? And if so, did you watch it during the original run? Um, I was eight during the original run, so I probably okay. did watch it. Okay. And it probably scared the pants off of me. <laughs> um, but I don't really remember all that well. I, I watched it last night for probably the third time. How did you watch it? Because as far as I know, it's not on anything. Oh, iTunes has it. You can oh, rent they it have for $4, all three hours of it, so it's kind of a deal. Because I have it, I own it on DVD. No, I rented it on iTunes. I believe you could probably rent it on all the other providers, too, so it's okay. out there. Is it? Okay. Uh, so there you go, iTunes, because I looked, there's a, there's an app that I use that's supposed to tell me, like, what service it's on, like, if it's streaming or if you can buy it or rent it. It didn't sh- It didn't show up that it was on iTunes, but that's good to know. Oh, it was, like, two pages down. Okay. You typed in it, and it's such a ubiquitous, bland couple of letters that everything showed up before it did right except for the 2017 movie that showed up immediately but right it with tim curry was a couple pages down a couple pages down most people aren't interested in it so so let's do it up top what are your overall thoughts of this um i thought it was pretty boring 
<laughs> and really bad acting and overall it isn't what i remembered it to be right i am gonna go ahead and agree with everything that you just said as a kid this was like a big event i just remember it being such a big deal when it came on tv i don't remember all of it as a kid there's certain scenes i definitely remember watching originally when it was on but the acting upon revisiting it and again i i have this on dvd and i bought it probably when it came out on dvd i don't know for like 10 bucks whenever it came out was probably early 2000s because i was like it oh man i love it i mean let me get it and watch it you know it's a it's a mini series i love watching a mini series because it's it's just great and you know it's it scary it's fun it's kids doing kid stuff and watching again, the child acting is pretty bad, which is not a huge surprise. Although, a lot of those kids are in other stuff, so I'm surprised they're that bad in this. Um, Seth Green's in this. I know. He's not a great actor, but like... Uh, uh, He's not great in it. The adult actors are not great in it. Um, I, I think and, the adult actors them, I like. almost worse. They're worse. I was going to say they're worse. And I love Harry Anderson. Yeah, he's great. You know, he's great. Everybody likes Night Court. I don't know one person that says they hate Night Court. And if they do, they can go eat a bag of rocks. Um, I, I think most people don't even know what Night Court is. Well, nowadays, no. I, I personally know. know what it is, but. <laughs> well, anybody our age knows what's night knows what Night night court is it's it's great it's a great it's a great show it's like the it's like the the b movie of television shows you know what i mean it's not something that everybody watched everybody's aware of it maybe you didn't watch it on the regular but i watched it on the regular well I really it's like that, that or like sports night where like b btv <laughs> they weren't on the tgi fridays right like right they, they weren't your a-listers they weren't your marvel movies they were your you know <laughs> like slumber camp sleepaway things or some some sh- exactly stuff like that that's exactly how i feel about it and then you have john ritter which i love john ritter because i grew up watching three's company then there's a couple of people annette tools in there uh she's mostly known for like the Superman uh, movie, I think it's, I want to say it's three. And then she's also known for Small Bill. Small, I can't talk tonight. Small Bill, no, Smallville, <laughs> the Superman TV show. So not like real strong actors, but they were quality enough for the time. And they're used to operating on a TV kind of schedule of acting. Yeah. They should have done really well because this wasn't like a TV schedule. It's a mini series, so they had more time to prepare and digest their lines. It's not like they're shooting a twenty-episode season. Yeah, the music's the music is very dated for this, which is not surprising because it is a made-for-TV movie. So it's going to have TV um, music, you know, whatever's common for the time. This is nineteen ninety, but essentially it's the eighties. Essentially, it's still close enough to the eighties that it's a lot of it felt very eighties. It did. And then the cinematography is not very good either. Again, not surprising because it's just television. Everything's scaled down. But I have to agree. Like, the acting's not that good. It's mostly boring. It's an hour. It's a full hour longer than the movie that just came out. Well, it has to be noted that the movie that just came out is only chapter one. So True. once the two movies are complete, it'll be the movies will be a full hour longer probably than the miniseries. That is true. But I was disappointed and I'm like, yeah, I don't know that I even like this any, anymore. Well, my dislike aside of the acting, the pacing, you know, the general 80s-ness of it, I like 
like the storytelling method in this more than what I'm going to say the storytelling method is in the movie. I like the the way it yeah. kind of goes between the adults and the kids. That's more akin to the book. Um, I, I, I've only read bits and pieces of it, but that's more akin to the book because the book jumps all over the place and it allows you to connect with the characters a little better because as an adult, like you see where they're at in their adult life and then when they get the call <laughs> right and i know all of them get the call and it's like Derry needs me <laughs> yeah the call to action come back to Derry to stop the clown that you fought when you were a child and by fought i mean you were kids and you didn't actually fight it right you're like you're a child you're gonna build a robot except for today's child's children obviously like our child age like got a shoebox and threw wires in it and said as a robot like that's the way these kids fought this thing right right they they literally had a slingshot yeah <laughs> so to be fair, so this is, uh, modern day was 1990, so when this took place is the late 50s. Right. Uh, they said 30 years, so if it was 1990, so it would have to be 60, I guess. But And that's another thing they, they change from the book. In the book, it's every 27 years, but in this, they say every 30, Just I think just to keep it simple. But they all get the, the call to action, so it is nice to, to get a, spend a little time with both versions of the kids so you can connect. I think it may have uh it's tough to to say because the new movie the second chapter hasn't come out yet but it'll probably be hard to reconnect with like who's the adult version of whatever because some of the adult versions are a little different from their childhood counterparts Uh, it does jump around the way the book does i don't know that i like it though i don't know that i like it as much i like that it's just as focused on that time period in the movie and it focuses on that and who knows if we'll get because we obviously don't get any flash forwards in the the movie we had last year so i'm assuming in the next movie that we'll get this coming year it, it'll probably have flashbacks oh it most certainly but maybe will. it's tough to say so it's hard to compare too much but it didn't bother me it didn't bother me at all and it was nice it just like for some of them the flashbacks a lot lasted a very long time so much so that i forgot i was in a flashback <laughs> right while watching it and i was like oh oh we're back i was like I, we're in somebody's flashback i completely forgot I completely yeah forgot. and some of the flashbacks were different some of them started without the call like the call came after and it was weird yeah but you know i like that it kind of tried to keep you interested it did and the funny thing is, not only did you, I forget uh, the flashback, but for the most part, until it showed up, I forgot whose flashback we were in because a lot of the characters interact with the other characters. So you're thinking, oh, this is such and such flashback, but why are we seeing this character and that character is not even showing up yet? And then they meet up with that character and then it takes over. I think they were trying to follow the book as best they can. The book is just like all over the map. Not, not a bad way to tell the story. It certainly works, especially for... A series. Well, and I can't remember how many episodes this was. I th- it was either um, two or three. I want to say it was two uh, because it can't. It was out on like a Monday, and then on Wednesday or Thursday, you you saw the 
the conclusion of it. It was something. It was something like that because I know for a fact the part with the adults was on a different day. So you had to, not only was this, you know, it was TV. So not, so not only was this like uh, uh, three hours long, it was split up between nights. So you had like days until you watched the next uh, next episode, which is kind of crazy to think about that you just had this. It just doesn't, you know, didn't all drop at once or whatever. Well, but yeah, because this is for TV, it had commercial yeah. breaks. So the three hour runtime yeah. is, you know, without commercial breaks. Once you add that in, this is a four hour event. <laughs> really? Yeah, it it was it was pretty big for its time. But from the get go, Tim Curry's it is just creepers. He is creepy. When he, it's modern day and he kidnaps that little girl that's there. He's he's like just, there's some laundry hanging out on a line outside and he's just like staring at her and I'm like, this is so creepy. Like it was giving me the willies like big time. Yeah, and it focused more on the clown and, and not what they're afraid of, right? This whole like fear identifier right. thing. I mean, it, they did a little bit, but it's mostly just Tim Curry being it. And I, I do appreciate that. You know, this, I would say it's not like this over overly gory, overly horrifying thing. It's just creepy. And I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I having watched both recently, I like Skarsgård. I like his performance in the movie, but I think Tim Curry's still my favorite. He's just more fun. He's like that Freddy Krueger. You know, I'm, I'm. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He taunts him. Uh, he teases him. He. It's a little tongue in cheek, a little bit. Yeah. Like he's just. It's like he's being a little over top, but don't let it fool you too much because he is going to get you. But he's going to have fun with it. I don't know that the Skarsgård one has as much fun as this one. Well, no, the Skarsgård version is more of the horrifying kind of scare the pants off you. This is more of a I'm going to get I'm going to get you in close with my my little jokes and stuff. And then, you know, bite I'm going to make off. fun of your stutter and I'm going to call you fat boy. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to I'm going to call you girly boy. And I'm going to you know, that's that's. It, when he was making, when he was doing that stuff, it genuinely was making me laugh because I was just, like, I, I was like, not only is this guy horrifying you, he's also humiliating you as well. Well, I think that's the difference in audience, right? Like this movie was made for you not kids my age at the time, like eight year olds, but like teens, tweens, kind of yeah. that area or up to like you know early twenties. Whereas I think the the more modern it was more made for our the same age group just growing up, the yeah. late twenties, early thirties early 40s kind of crowd the same crowd that watched the original run yeah i agree with that i can totally get on board with that I, the one thing about this like in the opening scene there's a little girl on her tricycle and she's outside and the mother's hanging laundry and she goes in she comes back out the little girl's missing and she just screams like real loud i remember watching this but i have so many questions now i'm like why did she scream like she wasn't panicked like when you lose a kid you don't immediately scream you 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 get like your heart starts pounding you you start freaking out you start looking everywhere you start you know if there's anybody around you start asking around like she didn't even look around she just she just screamed immediately when the little girl was wasn't where she was when when she walked in the house and i was like and i get it it's it's movie shorthand for something bad has happened a woman is screaming but it really didn't make any sense and for whatever reason this time when i watched it it like pulled me out because I've seen this. I don't know when the last time I watched it before then. It's, it's it's a good ten years. But there's a lot of stuff like that where it just just doesn't make sense. 
And also, why did she scream at all? Right. I mean, I think that it's implied that she saw the body. Is that what it was? Maybe uh, I didn't. I didn't get that implication. I, that's what it was to me, at least. But it's for TV, so they're not going to show the horrific details. Like I didn't. Yeah, I didn't expect that. But I expected like blood, or you know what I mean, or like an arm. It didn't even have to have blood on it, but it was like an arm out of shot. Like it's the implication that like a limp arm just on the ground, like that she's dead. Yeah, I mean, this or is... something's happened to her because all she, all we saw was the tricycle, and that's it. And then we we heard her scream. So I guess that's the implication. But I didn't, for whatever reason, this time I didn't pick up on it, and it seemed real. It seemed just seemed poorly done yeah they could have done a little bit more with the the direction of it am i nitpicking there could have been a little blood somewhere because they they don't shy away from the blood but they do shy away from body parts i guess so Um, there could have been some blood on the laundry and that could have made her scream like the little direction keys and like art and set design would have worked better for that but there's yeah. plenty of blood in this. There's uh, in this. I was surprised actually how much blood there was. However, it, it does beg the question: is if it kills someone and there's blood uh-huh. from it, would the adults see it? Oh, there you go. Because you're working the logic of the movie. Because the logic of the movie states that no, but, they wouldn't see but it. But if it's your own kid, then who knows? Maybe <laughs> there there's a line they draw. I don't really know. Well, see, here's the thing: if when we do see blood and the adults don't see it, is that it just messing with their minds because if the girl was really killed it would be real blood whereas it could be argued that the blood that the kids see isn't real just like the the form of the clown he's not actually a clown it's just the form that their little minds can comprehend you know what i mean just like when the one guy sees his one kid sees his father he's not there's nothing there right it's just it's it's it messing with his mind you know so i don't I who knows we're getting way too far into this movie yeah we're putting way too much time and thought into it and they didn't even bother with this well no but that's what we do I guess the, that's what we do yeah because the ending of this we've already given the spoiler warning out like yeah go ahead just the, just the, hop around like the movie does the clown Tim Curry the it character has to bring the souls and the fear back to the giant spider thing for it to feast yeah which the continuity in this is already bad because yeah so the the adult versions of the children can see it because it wants to be seen i guess but they've also fought it so that gives them like a reason to see it i guess but when dude's girlfriend comes into town and is stopping to get gas she sees it too and she gets captured by it is that just a way to like screw with him? I don't understand. I didn't understand that at all. And I agree with you. I'm like, why do some adults, why are some adults able to see him? And why are some adults not able to see him? Why did he capture her instead of just killing her? And then there's the undertone of the town knows this happens and they allow it to happen. Like that's a whole theme yeah. too. So yeah, it's, I don't know. This is all over the place. It's all over the map. But to be fair, I think that's the book. I think the book is all that. And they're 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 being real slavish to the source material, I believe. And I wish I had read the whole entire book, but it's five million pages long and I just refuse to. Well, but I'm I'm going to chalk it up to that. From what I hear, there's a lot of weird stuff like that. And I think there's a lot of stuff that's left out just because the sake of you have to limit the time, you know. You don't. It's a mini series. They. It's not a whole season of it. I think to be done right, there has to be a few seasons of it in order for it to cover everything that's in that book. I don't think I could watch that. <laughs> Honestly. Well, based on what we just watched, I, I agree. I don't think you could. Even if it was done with a higher budget, like the movie, let's say we get everybody in the movie to get on board with a season or two mm-hmm. or three or. 
however long they can prolong it to fill their coffers of, you know, <laughs> advertising money with. I don't think I could watch it because there's no point to these movies. And until they give it a point, how do you write story for that? I mean... Like, I really hope the, the second chapter of this movie delves into, like, this grand dairy conspiracy. Like, all the adults knew this was happening. Like, they they feed this this creature their children kind of to allow their children success when they leave yeah and these were the seven kids that got away so to speak yeah and became like all six of them except for mike became successful in this tv series yeah like maybe they'll delve into that in the in the movie for the second chapter like that's what i'm hoping that there's some sort of grand dairy conspiracy i hope they get into i agree and that would definitely be interesting that would really be interesting actually if there was like not necessarily like a cult you know what I mean? But there's a grand cons- conspiracy and a lot of the upper echelon that control the town are involved and are aware of it. You know what I mean? Sort of like sort of like the, the government. It's like, uh, we're keeping secrets, but it's sort of to protect the people and also to keep the it at bay because we really don't know how to deal with it, but we're, we're doing the best we can. I, I would like to see more of what it actually is, why it's here, why it exists, why it's on Earth, why dairy, what's special about dairy, you know, and mo- a little more on that. We don't have to go a whole lot, but give me something, because I don't fully... I un- I sort of understand what it is, but not fully. Well, if Chapter 2 does well enough in the, in the box office, I assume there'll yeah. be like a Chapter 0. <laughs> we talked about this in the last episode, where there's going to be like a prequel. Yeah. Because there's, a, there's all kinds of history surrounding dairy. It'd be interesting to see when the second movie comes out. I don't know that I'm necessarily excited for it, but I'm interested to see where they where they take it, if they take it to an interesting place. Yeah, because the way the adult stories play out, it's super uh-huh. boring in the series. It's super boring. It's really boring. It's the worst part. I think most people can agree with that. I think most people, that's the general consensus that it's just real boring. The acting's real bad. There's there's like no real challenge to it. When they're kids, there's a challenge to it because they're, you know, they're going into the sewers and it's a little dangerous and they're not supposed to be there and you know the bullies are after them there's no real there's nothing to overcome when they're adults other than their own fear but they already know they already know how to defeat it they defeated it once they already know what to do it's just they now they have to revisit that childhood trauma yeah but they don't do it they I don't know when the adults version go to face down it again in the same sewer they take uh-huh. the same weapon they take the slingshot with them even one of the characters is like why don't we have guns like <laughs> i don't know i don't know why is this is the united states i don't know why you wouldn't just go get a gun especially in a, in a small town like that or you couldn't tell me you couldn't get a rifle or a shotgun from somebody or somewhere. Oh, you definitely get like a hunting gun or something like that. But they didn't have like but, AR-15s in the 90s. Well, I, I, something. You could get something. You could get something. Even the one guy was like, why don't we have a machine gun? We should have a machine gun. Yeah, Harry Anderson, the uh, guy that played Richie. Yeah, he's like, he's like, why don't we have a machine gun? And they're all pretty well to do. So buying a gun is not what the, you know, outside of the realm of possibility. Right. They're all basically millionaires from what I could gather. It's an, it, yeah, they. it's implied that they're all very successful. Except Mike, the guy that stayed, who is living <laughs> in a paid-for house working at the library. <laughs> I didn't get that. I'm sure that's a reference to something in the book. I don't care. Don't at me on Twitter. I don't care. 
um, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. It's weird. I don't get that. I, he. They say basically he's like the lighthouse keeper. He's he's basically keeping the torch in the flame and keeping it alive so that it doesn't uh, overrun the town. So that all you know. <sighs> Because there's already, in the modern day, there's already a bunch of missing children. And Mike is is investigating it as a librarian. Because the police are just sweeping it under the rug. And he discovers it's not just weird serial killer type activity. It's it. He discovers that's it. And that's when he calls his friends into action. So essentially he's keeping, he's the torchbearer. He's a keeper of the flame, and he's he's going to make sure that this it situation doesn't get out of hand. Because they really don't understand it. It hasn't left Derry. It could leave Derry, but it, as far as we know, it hasn't. It doesn't leave Derry. All it does is feast on Derry every 30 years, or 27 years, depending on which version you're watching. For this one, it's every 30 years. And then he goes back to sleep. Well, right, but why couldn't Mike go be successful somewhere else for 29 years and then stop into Derry to check in and be like, well, did we, did we kill it? No, still here. Uh, they don't figure out the thirty every thirty years thing until later on. Well, they figured it out as adults in this version, so you're right. But I, I don't understand because Mike, as a kid, see this follows the book. So Mike, as a kid, is researching this. He's giving us a report and doing some pretty good uh, exposition <laughs> when he's giving this report and giving us a history of Derry and what it's like. All the the backstory of all these people went missing. There's all these weird occurrences. All these people died in this burning building. Just through doing simple research you would discover on your own man this event and this event are 90 years apart well this event and this event is 60 years apart well this event and this event is 30 years apart wait a second every 30 years something is happening every you know what i mean like you would start to see a pattern because he had like a whole book with photos and news clippings and all this other crap he had a ton of stuff and i'm like as a kid you would just see and, and they were like teenagers as a kid it's i'd say they're 13 14 in their age so again there's some weird inconsistencies with this and i don't know what to chalk that up to i don't know if that's they're being slavish to the book or just bad writing for the teleplay or what i don't know but i will say this tim curry is both charismatic and scary all at once he is what holds this whole thing together in my opinion there i think there are some scary moments in this i don't i don't know i i think some of the stuff holds up not everything but i think some of the stuff holds up i agree what do you say i think some of it holds up but i think for the most part it doesn't it but it's also because it's a little it seems like it's a little quick like it's a little fast for its own good like some of it they glance over some of it they don't they they hold way too long on certain scenes and not others so some of it does hold but yeah. most of the like this the scary creepy parts are only scary and creepy because they probably scared us as children like i think an eight-year-old nowadays could probably watch this and be like why are you watching the news <laughs> ah they're used to seeing clowns on the news which, bump, which isn't that false <laughs> <laughs> I will say this the shower that's a great joke by the way the shower scene still holds up in my opinion when he comes out of that the, the shower drain I think it holds up yes I know there's like a little claymation thing that happens thinks I think it's pretty good that one was good yeah I agree with that I think that one holds up what what else what other one is there there's another one I mean the sewer drain is always still the best because I just remember that from the commercials and even seeing it as as the story plays out when he's alone in the shower that's first off that's just scary anyway <laughs> like being in the gym locker room shower by yourself as a little kid that's just 
I mean, you're vulnerable on like so many yeah, levels. Yeah, because that kid is also like uh, still hasn't gone through any sort of puberty yet, even though his face <laughs> looks like he's a 40 year old. Like that kid was weird. I don't know why, but he looked older, but he was like 10 years old. Didn't he look like he He looked like an old man. He looked like. Uh, it looked like he had like Reagan jowls. What's that guy's name? <laughs> Or Nixon jowls, like, yeah, that's what I expected. You stay away from me, it. So when he's in the shower and all the shower heads start like coming out, like Wallace Shawn from Princess Bride, yes, or the the little uh, vampire kid from Lost Boys when he turns into a vampire, yes. Yes, that kid. He that kid's odd looking too. He's that's an odd. He's in a class of ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I don't understand that that yeah. poor child. He was odd looking. So I I think that works. And the thing that I noticed is whenever it is antagonizing the kids, Tim Curry is looking straight down the barrel of the camera. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed, and I was like, I was like, why did I think this was so scary as a kid? And it's because he's talking to you, the audience, for the most part when he's and I think it works. Bro, and he's real creepy, especially in the shower when he puts his head down and when he brings his head up, he's got like the weird contacts in and he's got like the the uh the real sharp teeth. Yeah. Teeth and he's just like ah and he cuz he's like he's turning into the monster version of a clown and Yeah. I think I think a lot of that works. I I don't know if it necessarily hopes up. It's probably just nostalgia for me. Well, here's my thoughts, right? Yeah. In this version, Tim Curry is the bully. He's more the bully than the actual bully is like oh yeah i mean yeah there there is the bully still there's still the harry whatever whatever his name is and he's still terrorizing kids but it's not nearly as terrorizing as is as it is in the movie but tim curry is basically a different version of that and is more terrifying i think he's more of the bully character i think so because he's got nicknames for all almost all of them or at least half of them like he calls i forgot the one guy's name but he calls him fat boy he calls the oh, kid that yeah, was in ben. the shower girly boy yeah ben he calls ben fat boy he calls uh eddie yeah girly boy uh he makes fun of bill stutter and i have to say the guy who, who plays adult bill he's from the waltons and i can't remember his name he was real popular in the 70s and 80s on tv richard thompson or thomas richard tom okay richard thomas he's stuttering i have in my notes it says stuttering is bad his stuttering is terrible yeah terrible it's awful the adults should be ashamed there it's so bad like the kids like they get a pass and actually, I mean, the kid that played him, Jonathan Brandis, did a much better job at stuttering. He did a he did a better job with the stuttering. I don't generally like Jonathan Brandis all that much. I think he's like a little he's always like a little bit too corny for me. Like he's like a 1950s kid. But for this, because it's set in the 50s, it works for me. Oh, like sure. every every time I saw him, he's in I think in the second uh, Never Ending Story. Yeah, and he's in he just there's just something about him. I don't hate him, but he, there's just it doesn't really click. But it works for this, and he and actually he does a pretty good job. And the funny thing is, is the kid that plays Ben, he's the fat kid, but he's I would classify him as husky. He wasn't a fat kid. He was not a fat kid. And it's not like John Ritter was like the peak of skinniness either in this because everyone's like oh it used to be fat or he's like i used to be fat and you're like oh yeah you're so fit i was like no dude like he's like dad bod all the way like he is dad but he's not like hugely fat but he's not in shape no he's dad bod and that's fine but it's fine like that kid i mean they're supposed to be like 40 some years old 
So I don't know. Is it is the picture of a healthy kid like rail thin, like looking like he's emaciated? Because that's <laughs> that's what I expect from this. I guess that kid was not. I have in here. It says it's my notes say he's not even fat. Like you could say he's husky, but I'm like he, he's I. That's too. That even that's too much. He's not fat at all, especially by today's standard. I remember watching this as a kid, and I'm like, why are they calling that guy fat? He's not fat. He's not a fat. So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's it's all it's fine. Oh. It's 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 just distracting. In that kid, in that society of that time, right, nineteen sixty or late fifties, would he'd be in middle schoolish, right? Yeah. He, the The football coach would be like, "Hey, kid, why don't you come out to practice?" <laughs> he wouldn't be considered fat then. I, I don't. He I wouldn't don't even know be linebacker era. size or lineman size. He'd be like, "You could, you could probably." be a good running back you've been running from bullies all your life right the the funny thing is is uh i was watching this henry the bully threatens ben right in front of the teacher and i was like that wouldn't happen nowadays i was like that's i was like that's such a contrast because he's he just he like threatens ben right there i was like that that wouldn't happen nowadays i was like that would be a he probably gets suspended just for even saying that. I was like, so I thought that was weird. And I was like, I was like, wow. It's like, this is really showing its age because that would not happen. I have a couple of quotes in here that are just, I don't know if it's straight from the book or it's just, just bad dialogue, but there's one where Ben punches his cousin for saying something and his aunt, Benjamin's aunt goes, Benjamin, you young ruffian. And I was like, you young ruffian. I was like, what is this? Is this a teleplay from, like, a radio play from, like, the 1920s? You young ruffian? No one said that in the 50s. No one said that. I mean, if it was his grandmother, I might get it. Like, that would have been a better story. (laughs) Right. It it just, there's a lot of stuff like that that just took me out. Cocking my head to the side, like, what is this? Who was, who, who said, who listened to that and said, oh, that sounds good. Moving on. Cut, print, moving Hard on. Hard cut. Uh, yeah. The Eddie character was horrible in this. Like, from adult the to adult child. The adult one? Both of them. Just the character. The actor playing him were, were fine, I guess. But the character. Yeah. Like, yeah, like he it's had much asthma better in, the movie. in this. And they keep telling yeah. him that his asthma is just water vapor. with mm-hmm. a, Like his inhaler. Yeah. yeah. It's just water vapor. I was like, no, dude. That's, like, that's serious. Like, <laughs> inhalers have what? Uh, barbuterol or whatever it is. I don't know the medical stuff for Well, they're basically just trying to say that his mother's a hypochondriac and that he doesn't need it or whatever. But the kid, the problem is, is like, I don't know. It's done a lot better in the movie. His character and that whole situation is done a lot better. Yeah, I agree. And and this, it's because it feels like that the kid has a problem and no one's believing him. Do you know what I mean? I know. I I think that's where you're going with that. It's like, because it, what the way it's framed is it feels like Eddie has an actual problem and nobody believes that he has asthma and nobody he believes that he has the, all these conditions but he keeps trying to tell him because, I mean also the kid looks sickly too <laughs> it doesn't help that he's a weird he's got old man's disease right he looks like Greg he's Oden he's got Benjamin Buttons <laughs> it's like Greg Oden when he played for the Buckeyes he was like a 40 year old man in an 18 year old body Poor Greg Oden. Greg Oden looked like he was 70 when he was 20. Yeah. Google Greg Oden and make sure you Google Ohio State and remember that he was a college-age kid. He looked like he was... I love Greg Oden. He seems like a real nice guy. Oh, man, he looks He was a fantastic human. I'm just saying, he looked old. Love you, buddy. Go Bucks. Yeah, you're finally getting Uh, into your... uh, You're growing into your age. It's great. So some more out-of-the-place things that... uh, There's one thing that really shocked me, and it had nothing to do with uh, the actual creature it. But Bev's partner, when she's an adult, that guy is a real dillweed. Oh. 
and I forgot that he hits her full on in the face. Yeah, and then gets he a like belt smacks, out. He, and then gets the belt out. And I'm like, the fact that this guy doesn't get killed by it is a shame. I have that in my notes. It, it was because he was just like talking down to her and just like controlling her. She said something like, I'm going to. She's like, I got to go. I got to leave. And they're not even married. And not that it would matter. But he gets irate and just I mean, he really just lays into her. And I was like, whoa, like it. I completely forgot about it. it and I was yeah. like, when it happened, it shocked me. I don't know. It was weird. It's like the portrait of domestic abuse on all fronts, man. On all, it's like emotionally, verbally, physically. It's it was is bad, man. It was bad. It, yeah, essentially it goes, we meet the adult, kid flashback, adult, kid flashback, adult, kid. They all pretty much say, I gotta go, baby. Derry needs me. Right. There was one that was also kind of shocking outside of the slap. Is they When they flash back to Bev, Bev's father says, I'll whip the skin off of you. And I was just like, yikes. <laughs> I was like, and he yells it. She's like running away outside the house. Man, Derry seems like a really terrible place to live. So one of the things I look forward to at the the new the chapter two of the movie uh-huh. uh, is that maybe they'll give the adults some more character development because yeah. in this they treated them as two separate characters because none of the adults' quirks matched their childhood, you know, fears or or quirks, right? Like. Richie right. in the as a child was this joking like lackadaisical kid but when it came down to him as an adult he was this fear-ridden jokester like he I didn't get that and I didn't get that either I got that from Eddie he was the only one that really matched and then Stan that's a whole different that's a whole different discussion right there Okay we need to talk about that because I, again, I have not read the full book, but I also forgot that. I forget this whole miniseries. I've seen it a couple times, and I just I completely forgot. I feel like I lived in Derry. I forgot what happened yeah. when I was a kid. I gave you the call, and I was like, Mac, we need to watch It. And you're like, what's It? <laughs> Remember? And then a flashback happened. <laughs> and then I had the flashback. He kills himself at the end of ch- of basically what we're going to call chapter one of the miniseries of part one yeah i forgot that he offs himself because he gets the call and he's like he gets the flashback and then that's it yeah that's it and in, in one of his flashbacks it le- led me he to believe his wrist it led me to believe that he not only was the last one to see it but he also saw it after they murdered it remember what the right. like they found him in the park like or, uh, bill found him in the park and they rode as fast as they could to save him and that's a big portion of the end of like the second chapter it was so weird it was so okay i'm so glad you said that it was so weirdly done i'm like i i don't i didn't know what i was supposed to feel or think or what the implication was like I, you kind of have to like piece it together it, it didn't make any sense at all no not even a little bit but then uh, i think stan also has one of the best things which is played by richard mosen or Moser. Yeah. Uh, his head turns up in one of the mini fridges. That was pretty great. It's, that moment was pretty good, and, and it, it's basically it controlling it, and he's he's getting in everybody's head. Right. What's his name? Uh, the guy who kills himself. He's just gone. Yeah. He's just gone, obviously. He's just gone, pretty much. His head shows up so he can taunt the Losers Club when they all meet up back up in Derry. But I, I didn't remember that before. No, I didn't either. I didn't remember that. It was weird because... As a a kid, he was like very logical and he's like, there's got to be a reasonable explanation for all this. And he didn't really get much characterization. And I think the movie did that on purpose because they knew he wasn't going to be in the second half because he kills himself. Yeah, I could see that. But what I don't understand is, okay, he's a logical kid. 
He's analytical, but I guess his fear overcomes him, which doesn't that work against the logical and analytical? If you're analytical and you're logical, wouldn't that mean that you would use that part of yourself to overcome the fear? Yeah. You know, you would rationalize. You're, it seems like if anybody was going to off themselves, it would be uh, the hypochondriac. It would be Eddie. Eddie or you know I, I would mean? say Richie before. Or Richie. It, it, it didn't. I didn't understand that at all. I didn't understand that. I'm like, why did the logical kid? I don't It was. It, that was. Did, was that just me or is it, it just it was like a weird plot point? And I was, it was just like, super weird. It's oh. it's not just you. It, it was like, yeah, all the adults you use weird. All the it was man. Uh, wouldn't you use logic to overcome it? I mean, essentially, that's what they do because they all recognize like when they have where they're in the circle and they join hands, they're all protected. And when they realize and rationalize that when these hallucinations come up, they're just that they're just hallucinations. They have no power over you unless you give them power. Right. Aren't you using logic in that point? So why is the one kid who's the most logical out of all of them? The first one to be like, we can't beat it. Slit your wrists. (laughs) Yeah. I don't. I'm gonna open up some veins. I don't get it. And he's super successful. He could have just not went. Right. Is the shame right. too much for him to withstand? He gave his promise. He said he promised. He gave his word. I mean, it's that Scout's Honor crap that he's going on and on about during the childhood flashbacks. <laughs> what would have made sense is one him not killing himself. Either he goes because it realizes that he is the most logical, therefore the most powerful. It kills him. Somehow, or get somebody to kill him because it can influence people, or, or or, you know, he either goes and gets killed or stays and gets killed. That's the only way it works with it. You know, if you want to do his death, right, or whatever. Yeah, I'm okay Um, with the character dying. That's fine. It's just the way that it happened was odd and misplaced. Yeah, it did. It didn't. And then the it didn't make any sense. And then the didn't make any sense. The Harry thing was the other weird part about this, right? Because Harry in this is the bully or Henry. Oh, Henry. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Henry was the bully, and he took the fall for all these children's murders back in the 60s and ends up in a psychiatric ward of a prison. And it comes and like sneaks into his brain and like convinces him to like sneak out and, and try and kill them. Well, he stabs Mike, and that's as far as he gets. Like, that's a weird subplot. Like, just have it do the stuff or explain that he can't because they don't believe it enough to hurt them act to actually hurt these adults right. like you have to give reason you can't just do things again i don't know what's at fault or what to blame all i know is as i agree totally with you is that i feel like henry could have been used more henry could have been used to escape the insane asylum one there's just so much there to unpack why did he confess i know i know it got into his brain when they when the kids go to fight it in the 50s when they go to fight it the bullies uh follow the kids because they don't know what the kids are doing and they're trying to get the kids back because they had a a big fight so the bullies go in there one of the bullies (laughs) gets sucked through a pipe he gets bent in half at the waist and sucked through a pipe which i was like is this supposed to be scary or funny I'm going to go with funny because it was hilarious. And it was so slow because this bright light comes out. You don't see anything but a light. It like hypnotizes one of the bullies, folds him in half. And all this is happening 
very slowly. Yeah. I mean, very slowly. And he gets filled in, and he's he's staring and making eye contact with the other bullies because he's like mesmerized. They're all like sort of hypnotized and he's they're like making eye contact and he's just like slowly going into the pipe. Then Henry gets mesmerized by it, by the white light. His hair turns white because I guess he saw the deadlights. He got the full front of the deadlights, I guess is what, what yeah, the implication I guess. is there. I don't know. And it made him go crazy and therefore it made him confess to the murders. I don't know. So, modern day. We go back to modern day. It should have used him to kill Stanley. To escape. Agreed. Travel to where Stanley's at. Kill Stanley. Or Stanley comes to him and he kills Stanley and then he attacks Mike. Maybe kills Mike. And then he's after the the other other um other losers club. kids the other adults the other yeah so members of the losers club and then also maybe you could add something to henry because he has its powers that maybe he can do maybe some of its stuff but maybe not the full power of it to make them to something to induce fear because there was no there was no fear for the adults not really or maybe it could do stuff to henry in order to make them see him differently but it's still just henry but he's he's got I, a corporal form so he could actually stab them with things or you know right shoot them with things or he's basically just a minion of it but in a corporal form so that way he can touch and stabby stab right so he can like do stuff they did they, they i guess they use that in that way sort of but not not to his full potential <sighs> for whatever reason perfect strangers was on the tv <laughs> yeah and during one of the scenes and i was like oh man i just want to talk about perfect stranger <laughs> i just want to talk about balky so that was funny. There's a good line in here where it says, I'm the eater of worlds. I really like that one. I thought that was a pretty good line. That's is I mean it's kinda of scary if you heard that as a kid, if adults said that to you as a kid. You're the terrorizers of know. cities at best. <laughs> well exactly. That's my whole thing is I'm like it'd be it, the the thing about it is if cities across the world, because he's like a cosmic entity and he can be a bunch of places maybe not at once but he can he can you know basically teleport if every 30 years the whole entire world had this happen to them and all of the all of these weird small towns you know what i mean like just imagine from maine to washington there's all kinds of like reports from all across the country and these small towns where kids are just going missing like crazy and this happens every 30 years and it's this weird thing and then it's... not only that then we find out it's all all across the globe but no, it's it's just it's just me. I just like the line. I th- I don't think it's it doesn't fit it because again he just he just sits in dairy for some reason which is not explained. But I just like that line. I just like, I, think it's, I think it's a cool line. I think for a better villain who's actually a, a like a galactic or at least a planetary predator that would be a great that would be a great line but doesn't really serve him here no unless this like shows up in the purge like this is like every 30 years is like the purge's leap year and it shows up and takes over like small towns that are purging it's like purge stephen king's version i don't know like it'd be great. <laughs> like there's a turtle shell it's not a bad idea it's not a bad idea i like it it's like leap year that happens every four years but in years that end that are rounded to like two hundred it doesn't i don't know it's some weird some weird rules there's whole who knows be that's not a bad premise it's you can build something on that i think you can build something on that we'll call it it's uh, gregorian calendar it'll be great <laughs> that's not bad it's a series it's not bad it's not bad it's a series hey i like a good series as you know just some other stuff just like when they two grown men are playing with the bike <sighs> that is that was so unsettling 
That was so unsettling. I'm sorry. It, I see what they were trying to do, what they were going for, but it just didn't work. That's this whole thing is that I could see what they were going for, but it just didn't work. I liked the grown men playing with the bike more than I liked at the end when Bill takes his girl and rides down the hill and brings her back to life because he rode so fast that he cheated death. That is such a Stephen... I'm blaming Stephen King for that one. That is such a stupid Stephen King thing. I don't even know, like, get on your bike. And, and it's called Silver, just like um, the Lone Ranger. And we rode this bike so fast, we, we outran the devil. And we're, I'm going to bring you back from seeing the deadlights by riding my bike through Main Street. You know, and it's, it's with a devil-may-care attitude. It's the stupidest thing it's the stupidest part of the movie where there's a lot of stupid things that happen in this movie. It is the stupidest thing that a stupid movie could stupidly end on. <laughs> yeah, you stupid. Stupid. <laughs> okay, so we have to talk about this because we're, we're getting long here, but we have to talk about this. The, the adult part we already discussed is real bad. However, not however, additionally, that's a better word, additionally. Why is everybody opening, kissing Bev on the mouth? Why? 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 There was so much sexual tension, you could, like, slice it with a knife. Why? When they all meet back up as adults, they're all like, we're the best of friends. I'm like, I have lots of good friends that I've known since childhood that are female. I would not open mouth kiss them. Like, what? Well, Mac, you see, the 60s was a different time. (laughs) It was free love, man. We were just kids, man. We were just... Trying to bring peace in the earth, bro. It's fine. I didn't get that at all. Like, I understood, like, the love triangle was still kind of there between Ben, Bill, and Beverly. I get it. It's the B kids. Fine. You can have a B off. I don't care. It'll be three way. It's fine. But, like, Bev openly kisses, like, Richie and Eddie and, you know. Everybody. She would have done it to Stan had he shown up as not just a head. And Mike. And I. Oh, it we, was so we, weird. <laughs> We talked about this in, on the on when we're talking about the movie that there's an infamous scene in the book, um, which we touched on it, but we didn't really talk about it. And so yes, we get it. So maybe that's the stand-in for that infamous scene from the book. But it's just it doesn't fit. It's weird. It just well, there's there's other parts to this, right? Because yes, uh, yes, it, during the ho- some of the hotel scenes. Uh, ben openly makes out with the creature it because it sh- appears itself to be Beverly. That was good. I liked See, that. When okay, this is my final note. When it's just a single member of the Losers Club and it, it's fine. Yes. When when they first come back and they're all singled out, it works. Not everything, but that one encounter you're talking about is probably the best one. It is the best one, at least from an adult perspective. Yes. But that just harkens back to a better movie, The Thing. <laughs> <laughs> right, because it's like, who do you trust? Are you with the actual person? I you think know, that'd be a great way to weed out the Losers Club, right? If the thing is legitimately fearful that it, they're going to kill it, then it should try and weed them out. And I think one of them should have accidentally injured or killed another. That would have been a great yeah. little storyline for that. Exactly. They turn on each other. It could have been really good. But John Ritter's character only turned on her for like a scene and then realized it was actually her. Well, when he started to turn on her, it started to work a little bit because he's like, 
like, is that is that you in there or is it the clown? He's like, I don't know what's he's like, I don't know what's happening. And that would that would drive you crazy. That's that would drive you crazy because then all logic gets thrown out of the window and it just leads to paranoia and fear. So there you go. And you know what fear? There we go. You know what happens with the fear? It feeds the beast. <laughs> it does feed him, man. He, he loves it. He likes the stink of it. Yeah. He can't get enough of it. Yeah. I'm trying to look through my notes. I want to cover just about everything. Honestly, the adult half of this movie is just them having panic attacks, and it's just not good TV. Yeah, I always remembered it much better. I did, the only thing I liked about the adult part was it setting up the kid part, really. That's about it. Like, the adult part was just bland. As a like a, a storytelling function. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I don't blame you. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up? That's all I had for my note. I mean, I had some more stuff, but some of it's a lot of it's just nitpicky, stupid stuff. Any any favorites in there? As far as what? Like, like a um, certain nitpick. Scenes? That you want to... I think we get one nitpick in before we close this out. Uh, Oh, this is not a nitpick, but I forgot to mention this. Uh, I like Irish Mickey, the cop. I named him Mickey, but... (laughs) What are you kids doing down here? (laughs) That was great. Uh, You're going to block up all the drain pipes from here to to Dairy Farms. (laughs) (laughs) Dairy Farms? I don't know. (laughs) I like that. It's like, basically, they're they're committing a kind of crime right he's like a weird like character that shows up and then he's just never seen from or heard but from basically again. he's like hey you're you, you just dammed this river um you're gonna block all the drain pipes bad on you however there's been some murders about you guys <laughs> if you come back down here you kids should stay together i'm like really is that what police like were in the 60s he's like yelling at him and just like scolded him and then he like turns into a father figure and he's like now now you just uh, you know promise me that when you guys go out there's safety in numbers now kids i only have five lollipops and there appears to be seven of you so two of you have to share (laughs) (laughs) uh okay so let me okay favorite of the nitpicks okay here's my favorite one when they're all about to go into the well house which i like the well house from this better than i do in the movie because it's away from everything the other one seemed like it was in the middle of town and it was run down to the point that the city should have condemned it and tore and it down. tore it down. Didn't make any sense. This one was like, it looked like it was an attached to a body of water. It made more sense. It just looked better. It looked like a water treatment facility. Yeah, yeah it fit. It, I think it fit better. But when they're about ready to go in there, they're all like, they're like amping themselves up, essentially. And they all take a puff on the inhaler. Yeah. That inhaler is way too important for this movie. Why? It is. It's like, it's a, it's a big plot point, actually. But why? Why couldn't they oh, just... Puffy Joe. Why couldn't they just put their hands you... in the center? Like, you know, just like, <laughs> it's just like, I'm in, everybody in, everybody put their hands in. You know what I mean? Like every other friggin' movie on the planet, they all take a puff on the no inhaler. Idea. And it's like a big scene, too. And it takes, I'm like, why is, what is this? And why is this taking so much time? And then the kid at the end with that <laughs> inhaler going, this is battery acid, and then puffing it at him. <laughs> like, it, and it, like, smears his face. I know it didn't do anything. It's just it screwing with the kid. Yeah. But, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like the inhaler is way too much of a plot point in this. I don't get it. So that's that's my like well, I have some other ones but that's 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 the king of them cuz I just there was too much time spent on that little there's seven of them and they're all just like why? Why 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 do everybody have to take a puff? I don't understand what the, what is that doing? And I get it it's supposed to like connect all of them and they're it's solidarity. There's a better way to convey things. That's this whole movie is that it, it doesn't know how to convey anything. They the 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 ideas are there but the execution is just way way off yeah i agree like they convey like childhood trauma i guess pretty well but that's 
about it. Yeah. And that's even kind of a, a mess. It is. All right. So we're, let's, we're getting down to it here. We've reached our time limit. Didn't sound like you had anything else to say. Would you recommend this miniseries movie thing? Uh, yes, I would recommend, recommend it. recommend it? As like a torture device. <laughs> I think it's important media for people to consume. You should know where things come from, and this is something that all people should know. Okay, all right, and and we'll go ahead and, and as this is a crossover ep- episode, would you give this an up or down? Oh, this is a first down. This is this Cinema is Slop. farther down than the first one. Yeah, on the previous episode, or the you know on the episode that we did for Cinema Slop uh, for it the movie, I gave an up. I enjoyed more than I I didn't like. For this, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a down. I think here's what you should do. I don't recommend it, but go on YouTube. Somebody's got the best of 1990s It. Watch that. It's probably 10 minutes long, and you'll get an idea of what it's like. And Because I think there's some good stuff in here. There's some iconic stuff in here. Whether it's dated, for sure, because it is television, so give it a little bit of a break. Television does not age well, kids. It does not age well. But, you know, just because it, it's a little old doesn't mean it's worthless and, you know, it's garbage. I will confess this. My Blu-ray player has this awesome function it will run at 1.5 speed and you can hear the audio and that's how i watched this <laughs> every time tim curry was on i slowed it down to normal speed and then boom right back to 1.5 with the audio I, it's a it's that's, like the best feature ever that's great because that's how i watched pluto nash so <laughs> i was like this is the best feature <laughs> so so wait what you're saying is there's like cliff notes for for books is there like cliff clips for for tv or movies you is that what you're recommending they YouTube, do for this man yeah do the cliff notes cliff clips cliff clips cliff clips. Cliff clips you heard it here first he coined it every time you say that you owe jason a quarter send it uh, to p.o box cinema slop care of jason keeping it sloppy yeah i want the actual physical quarter. <laughs> he wants i don't want no, no digital no transactions coins uh, no, none of that, uh, whatever those cash trading apps are called, whatever. We want an actual physical quarter that you can pump into an arcade machine or a cigarette machine. You still smoke? I do. Okay. Yeah, so I can call someone that cares, really. <laughs> you want to throw a little 90s joke at oh, you? Oh, man. Do they still have payphones? Do those things still exist? I've seen one, I think, yeah. but they take credit cards now, yeah. so. All right, man. I think that's it. For us on this discussion anything you want to talk about aside from this didn't have to be related anything you want to recommend to the good people of the internet well if you're going to watch a bad miniseries i feel like we should recommend that they go watch the shining the miniseries um oh my god that thing now that's a watch that's a watch yeah i think it's like six episodes too that is a watch and it's very close to the book what I hear, and because the the movie isn't, but that is a watch. <laughs> That's got the guy from Wings, and it's got uh, yeah. Rebecca De Mornay. Is that isn't that is that who that is? It might be. I, I don't remember. remember. I remember the kid. Yeah, the kid. What is that kid's? He was in everything in the nineties. Yeah, nineties kid. Nineties kid with the pouty lips. He's got such pouty lips. He's like they. They're it's like they're like uh swallowed up. Like he ate too much crab and he's allergic to sell a shellfish. <laughs> That's why the kids like look. Google it. Google The Shining TV series, miniseries, and you'll see. So you recommend that. Are you recommending that ironically? Because it is not good. I'm just kind of being a jerk. Yeah, it's, it is not good. Be forewarned, it is not good. If you want a, a good miniseries from me, because I do like miniseries, 
Uh, one of my favorites is called Lonesome Dove. It is a western. It is based on the book series. It is very good. That miniseries is very, very good. Um, it's from the 80s. It's got Tommy Lee Jones in it. Uh, Steve Buscemi's in it. Um, Robert Duvall is in it. It's, very, it's a very good western epic. Uh, Danny Glover's in it. It's, it's, it's got a good cast. It's a good one. I think I might have to watch this. Oh, if you haven't seen Lonesome Dove, it's it's definitely good. It's very dramatic, but very good. Or you could watch Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's a good miniseries. It's pretty close to the book. The best parts of that uh, are the book, just like the you know the the radio play well, and the, the radio book. play came first. Yeah, the radio play came first, then the book, then the uh, and the books, then the miniseries. I tried to watch the movie. I think the movie's on Netflix. I think tried to watch the movie again. Could I couldn't do it. I couldn't make it through. I like the cast, except for Zoe Deschanel. I could, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't make it through. I understand. I didn't watch it when it came out. I waited like seven years. So yeah. Did you like it? No. No, I don't like it. It's not good, is it? No. But I would watch the the mini series of it probably once every two years. Yeah. And I listen to the radio once every two years. The broadcast of it. Oh, it stays on my phone. It's yeah. under my audiobooks, and I just anytime I'm having a bad day, listening to that as many times as I've listen to it and i've got all of the different um i think there's isn't there seven of them i want to say there's seven different series of the radio plays they always make you feel better it's so good i love i love that stuff i'm trying to think of another mini series let me look at my uh my wow here there's uh you got some like uh other douglas adam ones like uh dirk gently i think that was a mini series or it was a regular series i can't remember which version but there's a new one that's out that's a series that's on bbc america there's a new one that's out with uh, elijah wood yeah that's the dirk gently holistic detective agency yeah and then there was one uh, 10 years before that maybe like 2007 2008 and that was british i can't remember who's in it and i remember it being pretty good there's the stand that's also from the 90s that's another stephen king one was that a miniseries that was a miniseries yeah oh, all yeah, of those yeah you're yeah. right there's what's this one called is it the seventh kingdom uh what is the name of that no the tenth kingdom is that it the 13th dimension <laughs> no no the tenth kingdom is what it's called that's a good miniseries i haven't watched it oh god in about 15 years but it's like a fantasy fairy tale miniseries so go watch that I'll, I'll go watch that anything else what anything else you've watched recently non-miniseries related married with children's on uh hulu i've been watching that you've been re-watching that uh that show holds up man that show holds up it's still funny the jokes do they, they definitely do well look hairstyles references don't but uh you know the actual the characters and the interaction and stuff Mary children still got it man you guys were talking about um i just finished listening to um hard rain is your latest episode of the, at the time of this recording i just finished that I, one really like that one i've never seen hard rain i thought i did but i didn't because you guys were talking about it and i'm like this doesn't sound familiar at all i haven't seen this movie but you were talking about golden girls towards the end of it yeah um i love golden girls that's a good show it's a funny, funny, yeah. funny show. It holds up. And the the movie that's going to come out, or the episode that comes out, will be out by the time this comes out, is uh, Lake Placid, which has Betty White in it as well. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, you like that movie? Well, I would have liked it better had I watched it with uh, 
more people around. Yeah. But uh, by yourself and expecting like serious like horror and not tongue in cheek weirdness. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not the same if you don't have friends to watch it. With. I think it's pretty fun, but it's not as fun as say like Anaconda. Oh, Anaconda is just ridiculous. It is, and it's it, it it kind of embraces it. I wish like Placid would have embraced a little bit more of the. It does it a little bit, but just a little bit more. Yeah, where the uh, the croc was a bit more of the comedic character than the humans. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Well, Jason, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. It was great talking to you. This has been so much fun. I love doing these crossover episodes. As a preview, Jason and I hopefully sometime soon, I'm not going to promise it anytime soon, but sometime in the near future, we're going to be talking hopefully about Death to Smoochie because that is a that is a Jason Mack classic. We watched that many times back in the day. Yeah. Max Bleat Machine might have to... <laughs> Get a little overtime in. I think we're going to have to do that on yours. We have to do that on yours <laughs> so we can fully talk about this, uh, talk about that movie. Because uh, it's... It'd be hard to quote. <laughs> and I watched that movie recently. It's really good. Thank you for listening. Definitely check out Jason's podcast, Cinema Slop, that he does with John. And they've covered some, some really good movies and some really fun movies to talk about. A lot of them, not your everyday regular stuff, but that's the best part about it is that if you're looking for something a little bit different, something that's not so mainstream, it's, it's really good to, to broaden your movie horizons. And that's what that podcast yeah. does. So. Go out there and do that yourself and let us know what kind of weird adventures you go on. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Kind of the same thing with this podcast. I, if you could tell these two podcasts are very close cousins. We both like really weird stuff. So, all right, man. Well, thanks. I'm going to let you go. We've been doing this for over an hour. We ran past our time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks. Hello, what have we here? My name is Chorb, and hey, you are the administrator of Cloud City. What are you doing here? You know me. Always gotta have a few side hustles. And what can I do for you, my little friend? I am in search of a pod which contains a cast. Job, my friend, we can definitely accommodate you. We have some select pod races, too, if you're in the market. No. No, thank you. We have all types of uh, podcasts here. A Star Wars podcast. Oh, I have just the thing. Here you go. Grand Moth talking it's a piece of junk you know what that podcast saved my life quite a few times best star wars podcast in the galaxy oh yeah what's so great about it have a seat in that fine chillax chair and we'll talk it over hmm most comfortable this is grand moff talking it's a fine delicately curated long-form discussion of the internationally and much beloved star wars saga it's handcrafted and tailored to the modern fanatic, such as yourself. <laughs> Brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet oh-so-soothing voices of your hosts, Riley, Jasmine, Jake, and the one they call Isaac. Why, Zard? I will take it. I accept your proposition. You don't by chance have a relative by the name of Pork, do you? Yes. <laughs> I thought you might. What leads you down this line of Inquisition? I think I've seen him in here a few times. Yes. It was a pleasure doing business with you. 
Safe travels, Jorb. I commend you. And what about you? You listening, Chewbacca? <laughs> you said that right, old friend. That last episode was a doozy. Sure you do. Do you like Kevin Bacon? Of course. Who doesn't? Well, now you can have both, sort of, with Cinema Slop using a copyrighted process known as backward beckoning. No, they don't go from tail to snout. They start with the porkmeister himself, Kevin Bacon, and the 1990s classic film Trimmers. From there, they gingerly process the film through what some have nicknamed the movie Bone Cruncher. Then, after the screams have died down, a favorite character or actor is chosen, and a movie is selected from a very choice catalog. Meet up with John and Jason on their filthy but funny journey as these two pork butts show you movie lovers what's what. Seven up some slop. You can find Cinema Slop wherever podcasts are sold.